Thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. That's, that's really what today is all about, um, as far as our Bible study, um, and that's, that's what it's all about, but that's, that's what we're focusing on today, about uh, being loved. Um, who does God call us? You know, He calls us love. Isn't it great that... It's almost like Kayla like read my note as like right before she prayed that no matter what we do, no matter you know flaws at all, God still loves us. Um, not because He has to, but He chooses to. And what a day to be talking about love, no matter what, because confession. I am an imperfect person. I'm an imperfect Bible study leader. I make mistakes. I make flaws. I am imperfect. I say things I shouldn't say and. I do things I shouldn't do, and I procrastinate when I shouldn't procrastinate. Um, but God still loves, um, and I'm reminded of that every day, especially a week like this week where I just put things off and um, don't always prioritize things the way I should prioritize things. Um, but to see how God shows up and to see, just to be able to feel Him here and, and know that He's with us is is comforting. Um, you can feel free to move that chair if you want, or use those footrests out of the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I've been reminded today that even when I mess up or even when I procrastinate and I don't do things I should be doing, I don't let God down because I don't hold him up. And that's, that's been, that's been something today that's been, that's, that I've been reminded of that you can never let God down because you've never held him up, which is in a few songs, um, along with Jaira, that's the, that the first few, first line of the song Jaira, um, Jaira, you are enough, first song, the first line is, I'll never be more loved than I am right now, wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down, doesn't take a trophy to make you proud, I'll never be more loved than I am right now, there's another song, which I can't remember, which maybe you'll remember the other song that's like, I've never let you down because I've never held you up. Mm. The, only song, the only song on my head is Never Gonna Give You Up. Never Gonna Let You Down. Never Gonna Run. Sorry. But it's been an important reminder to me today that um, even in my flaws, I don't let God down. God doesn't feel let down like, Ben, you let me down. You were supposed to do this, but you didn't do it. Not the case, because I'm not the one holding God up, so I can't let him down. Um, that's just a, uh, a little extra bonus for today. That's a freebie. Free bonus. Um, yeah, honestly, I really procrastinated this week, and I... I didn't prioritize things I like. I should have prioritized this week. Um, last night I'm uh, work on my lesson. I go to work on my lesson. Open up my laptop and <laughs> my laptop cracks. The devil. Don't know what's happening. This is. I was already telling Yana like how many things were on my mind and just like I'm like ah, just so many things to do and so little time to do all these things. And my computer just decides to crack at the hinge and I'm just like I literally open it and I just I started laughing because I didn't know what else to do I'm just like <laughs> I don't need another thing to worry about I have to take care of now but alright this is where we're at um, and I was just kind of I went from alright let's do this to can't do this right now to be honest that's 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 where I was at last night um and as I'm sitting there in frustration, um, I had another thing added on my to-do list. 
um, I came to another realization that God still loves me. Period. That's it. No ifs, ands, or buts are needed. Not because I'm doing this or because I did that or because I, you know, did whatever, but God loves me whether I complete all my tasks on my to-do list or if I neglect them all. It doesn't matter. God still loves me. Jesus doesn't love everything you do, but there's nothing that you can do to make Jesus stop loving you. So now we're going to get into God's Word. 1 John chapter 4. Not John 4. 1 John chapter 4. All the way near the back. Near that in the Bible. You guys want to turn there or click there. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7. Does anybody want to start reading... Um, verses 7 through 16. I'll start. I'll split it with somebody if anybody's interested. <clears throat> you just take it. I'll just take it. I'll do it. All right, here we go. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is, is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us uh, given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God God lives in them and they in God and so we know and rely on the love God has for us God is love whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them that's the end of 16 Somebody want to pick it up from there and go to the end? I got it. Okay. This is how love has been perfected in us, so that we can have confidence on the judgment day, because we are exactly the same as God is in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brother or sister are liars. After all, those who don't love their brothers or sisters, whom they have not, whom they have seen, can hardly love God whom they have not seen. This commandment we have from him. Those who claim to love God ought to love their brother and sister also. Awesome. Before we dive in, does anybody have any overall thoughts, comments, questions? Observations anything stick out. I would say the most common words used for all this is love, mm -hmm. God, uh, Son, and let's see, and lives. Yeah, good observation. Love, the word love is used a lot here. Anyone else? I think an overall theme of it is like it's because very repetitive almost throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's really trying to get to understand that it's not that we loved God first, mm -hmm. that God first loved us. That it's not it's not like like you said it's not that we can't let God down because we're not holding Him up. I think kind of flows with that's what like the general theme of this kind of old phrase, this whole segment is. Thank you. 
happy to chime in. I feel like that's a really good point. Like, we're, I'm new here to you guys, so, but like, my, my, uh, my view on the way the world works right now is they're trying to split us into tribes and war us against each other, but, you know, that passage says you should love your brother. And that doesn't mean your brother that's like you, the brother that's from the same parent. Brother could be a completely different language, completely different across the other side of the country or the world. You still love them. And as you said earlier, love God might not love what I do, but he loves me no matter what. And so maybe someone's doing something terrible, but we don't hate them. We should love them. And that's like a that's just way when you said it, it rung with what you were saying, and I was like, that's like a really strong point that it's like culture right now is telling us to hate each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's how the world operates, you know. They do something to you, you gotta fight back and all that stuff. But Jesus says to turn the other cheek and that'll make a person think in like a different perspective, like, oh, everybody else will say something back if I say something to this. But this person over here is setting the example of showing what love is, which is like, you know, Christianity. So Yeah. Yeah, this world that we live in is says, you know, hate people who are different than you, love people who are like you. And God says Love people, period. Isn't that crazy? The greatest commandments, like, um, to love the Lord God with all your heart and stuff, and, and then so to love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. And those two hold the whole law. Absolutely. So that's 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 pretty much what it is, just love. Well said. And then, and then Jesus took it a step further and said, you've heard that the law says love others. Love others in the way that you love yourself. He's like, now go love people like I've loved you. Which takes wow. it even a step further because some people don't love themselves. Some people look at themselves and say, I'm flawed, I'm this, I'm that. Like, I don't love myself, so I'm not going to love other people because I don't even have that much love for myself. But Jesus said, love people like I have loved you, which is unconditional. And he, he loved people who were spitting in his face, nailing him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. And that's the kind of love that we're supposed to have for other people, not just... Not just, and that's the starting point, loving people how we love ourselves, but Jesus is like, love people how I love you. Yeah, so verse... Hear what we've all said. Uh, we've all been getting at love is an action. And I think you could get easily infer that love is not passive. So, just kind of boiling it down. Yeah. You know, you, you see love by what someone does. And vice versa, you show love by what you do. Does anybody have, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember what version I read in, uh, maybe NIV. What's the first uh, few words in verse 7? Dear friends, let us love one another. Okay. Uh, anybody have a different version? NBSB, beloved, let us love one another for the love, for love is from God. That might be the version I saw. And whoever is from God. Beloved, let us continue to love one another. So that's what the King's, King's James Version says. Beloved, let us love one another. Yeah. Our love is of God. Take it from the, the Greek words. I'm going to mispronounce this, but take it as it is. <laughs> Agapotoi, agapotem. Meaning, those who are loved, let us love. Essentially the same thing. Beloved, those who are loved, let us love. Let us love one another. Which is just a really cool way to start it. Those who are loved, let us love. We're not commanded to love one another to earn or become worthy of God's love. We love one another because we are loved by God and we we have received that love and life, oh, sorry, and live in light of it. And it's the same thing. We can only love because we first, we can only show love because we have been loved. God first loved us and so now we can love one another. Verse 7. Beloved, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I always love. I always love when they say one thing and then right after that they say the complete opposite. Because it's almost like, cool, thanks. Just wanted to make sure. That like it is true that like if this is that, I just want to make sure then if the, it isn't this, then it isn't that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like to see that because sometimes when I just see like 
if it just said for anyone, if it just said uh, anyone who is a child of God, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, my mind immediately goes to, does that, does that mean that anyone um, who doesn't love, does that mean that they don't know God? But it already says it here right afterward. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. What does that mean? That three simple words is a pretty big concept. Not just God is loving, but God is love. There's no right or wrong way to answer this. God is love. Any thoughts? Go for it. It kind of, so like when I think about it, because like, like think how you said like a cop or or the word is. Mm-hmm. I heard like another word was like agape or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a, another form of this, like, because this is translated to an English word, and so love. And I think, and at least in America, with our English, we kind of have all these words, and love is, it's a very thrown out there word. So when they read someone, like someone that doesn't is getting the context of what this, what God is love. Also, oh, God is sex. God is this. God is, oh, I can kiss people. God is love. In this concept, like when you use the actual where it came from or what they're actually speaking about, you get more of what that what love is. You know what I mean? I was just thinking about like how people could say, just think about like God is love and how other people could try to use that against them. Like how like either the enemy could twist God's word. That's sometimes like like why I like reading the King James Version, just because it almost confuses me on purpose. So then it makes me kind of like double think, like, okay, well let me well, how, why is that confusing? Or let me go further, let me go do some more research on it, because it kind of forces you to. Because anyone other other person that isn't, doesn't understand the concept, like the, um, where it's coming from, they can think any version of what their definition of love is when you read this. But in this form, I think that love is like, how it's broken down in this whole little section is like, talks about where that love comes from, what that perfect love is, and then furthering what that, what perfect love actually is. Yeah. Let me also say that the word love, where it says for love comes from God, in verse 7, that's agape. If you look at the original word, it's agape. This is agape love. This is different types of love, many different types of the word love in Greek. Agape is the love from God, unconditional love. That's what agape is. Versus phileo, brotherly love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Brotherly love for one another here, right? Um, Eros is the sexual kind of love. That's Mm. That would be between the husband and the wife. If I were to say, I love you, to three different, or if the word love was said to you in three different ways, eros, I love you. It's a different type of love. It's a passionate love. Phileo, I love you all as brothers and sisters. And God saying to me, I love you unconditionally. Or as we would say to others, as how we should love, agape, unconditional love. There's no, no strings no strings attached. No strings attached. I got cheering when sang a song about it. No strings. Something no strings. <laughs> Beautiful, is it? Thank you. I think to a degree, too, what you're talking about, I mean, we're given a definition of what love is in 1 Corinthians, which I don't know if that's where you're going. Yeah. But you can go for it. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So, I've heard it spoken that if you take that love out of that verse and put God in there. God is all of those things, and God is all of those things towards us, and calls us to be all of those things towards each other. So, it's not like you have to. It's not as apples. It's not perfect. It's not apples. Like exactly, you can't like when we read about God being a jealous God, right? Right. But that's a different type of jealousy than what's spoken about in Mm -hmm. First Corinthians. So you can't necessarily take it word for word what Mm -hmm. that is, but it is a good outline of what. When we talk about God as love, God is all of these things. Um, and so all of that's encompassed in how he feels and cares for us. 
Jackie, can you repeat those verses again, please? It's kind of long. I'm going to let Ben continue. No, no, no. no just, just, just the verse. Say, just no, the just, verse. Just, just, no, just the first Corinthians. The reference. Yep, the reference. 13, 4 through 7. Is it, I'm sorry, 13, 4, 4 through 7? Yeah. Yep. That's all. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, like I, like when you read that verse, the Corinthians, it's there's a whole bunch of really words there of what God is, and they're all good, happy feelings. There's a lot of really stark, scary ones, but they're all right behind the word not, right? <laughs> and you were talking about like love meaning a bunch of different things, but like when I think of love, it's when you're young and you're scared and you run for your mom and you find her, right? Or the, your, your dad's warm embrace or, or sharing a kiss with your loved one, right? Like all these things are good things and those are love. And I, another verse, you know, I think of all the time is God is good. God is great. This doesn't mean God's good at basketball. Like when they say God is good, this God is good. Like he is goodness. All of those things in the, the from Corinthians, those are all good things. What is good? Good is love. God is love. Like they all kind of blend together in like a really word symphony that kind of like if it feels not just like, oh it feels good like I'm good oh man I switched that shot yes you know like the different kind of good like you were you were trying to describe like, the differences of the, yeah. it's like it's like the higher caliber like the, the, the soul warming good feelings mm-hmm. like that's what love is cool verse 16 says well the second part of verse 16 it says again, God is love. God is love, and all who live in him. Oh, hold on. I'm getting confused here. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. I'm going to read that again, just for my own sake. God is love, and all who live in love live in God. Makes sense, because God is love. Mm-hmm. So if you live in love, you live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. I think this is why it's so important that we're called to, and that, not that we're, that we're called to, that we do love one another. Like agape love. You're in. The people who are cutting us off. The people at the grocery store who's checking you out. Not the cash register. <laughs> I go. I got what you were saying. Um... Even the unlovables. Maybe someone's checking you out. We're still called to love. We're not called to love only if they show love to us. We're not called to love to everyone except for those who are weird to us. We're called to love. Why are we called to love? Well, God is love, first off. But it says, all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. We're called to have God, God lives in us, and we live in Him. If we're, if you're a believer, and you're following God, and you're abiding by His laws, then you are in God, and God is in you. Well, if God is love, and God is in you, but you're not showing love, something, something's wrong. Something doesn't equate. Something's wrong with the formula here, because if A is equal to B. And B is equal to C. Well, that means A and C are the same too. But if God is love, and we're in God, and God's in us, but we're not showing love, well then, we might need to revisit, are we in God? Is God in us? It might not be if we're not showing love. Definitely. I'm going to back that up with what I'm saying, because I, I would hope anyone, you question anything I say, Verse 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see, what, what? For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God when we cannot see? He's given us this command, love. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. So we've got to love everyone. Not just the not just the ones who are easy to love or are fun to love or are popular or we get something from showing love to them, but everyone. Even those who are difficult, those who are pain, those who go out of their way to show hatred to people, we're called to love them too. And if we choose not to, well then it says here that uh, we're a liar. And if we're saying we love God, but we're hating other people. This is saying specifically here, hates a Christian brother or sister. 
but we're called to love everyone. Thoughts on that? What uh, what version is that? NLT. Oh, and it only said Christian. Uh, in verse twenty, we did. I think the idea said Christian brothers. That's typically what it's referring to when it's talking about brothers and sisters. Uh, in in the faith, it's usually talking about like a fellow brother or sister in Christ. But if we go to like I don't know Matthew five, you can see where Jesus talks about loving your enemies and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, there are plenty of plenty of other examples that talk about. Yeah, KJV says uh, to love like everyone and stuff. I was just wondering why it said that in there. That's weird. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like hypocrisy, you know, because we all did bad things in this world, even like you know what, in the dark or whatever. And then God forgives us, and we go over here saying, "Nah, you can't be forgiven." Yada yada, this that. It's like mm -hmm. just it looks silly. <laughs> It looks silly in a way, because God could point out a thousand sins you did throughout this whole year, and then you don't want to forgive this one person. Yeah. Well, you can hate the action and not hate the person. Yeah, you can hate the sin. Yeah, that's, that's fact. I think that's something I struggle with, is um, you hear all the people say, like, oh, like, uh, they have this opinion strongly about the way this person lives their life. And like, that's a bad person. Oh, just get them out of here. I don't want to deal with that. And it gets like really heavy into some topics and it's like why are you mad at the person why are you mad at them for being for acting that like for acting that way sure but like there seems to be this disconnect where like i don't feel the disdain towards the person i don't like maybe what they're doing but others around me even my close family they feel disdain towards the person and it's like it's really rough to kind of see because i feel like you're i agree that like we should be angry but we're you're aiming your anger at the person and it's just really demons yeah. Behind the person too, which is crazy because yeah. um I know I know everybody probably had this encounter before. You know, you you could see like you could tell this person walking by that they're really dark or something like that. Like they do evil. Or like you can see, yeah, there's something wrong with this person when they walk by. Have you ever walked like by a person who uh just seemed like just very dark mm -hmm. or something like that? Because of all those demons and all those spiritual like heaviness. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like us, when people walk by, they'll see like a light of love and things like that, showing the love of Christ. They'll say, you look different. Why are you so happy? Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's really just demonic spirits behind the person's yeah. motives and stuff. And that word, that word brother, that is um, the Greek word adelphos, which is a masculine verb. This meaning, it can mean brother, born of the same two parents. It can mean of the same uh, origin, country. It can also mean any fellow man or any person any believer any associate so it can be anyone see I, I was going to say like verse 11 and verse 20 I think are connected pretty well just because in verse 11 says beloved is beloved be loved if God so loved us we ought also to love one another because you got it like because God is perfect he is he can't like look on to sin if he doesn't it, it's, it's like he and for him as who God is to even think about me. It's not saying I'm insignificant because I am created by God, but like to even look at me and go, I love you, knowing what I've done, knowing how perfect he is. And like things like to bring Jesus down, to bring God in human form down to earth, be crucified, be beaten, be spit upon. That's love. Like he took himself out of, like, I mean, holy perfection, separate from us completely, to love us. And then when we look at one another and go, eh, I really don't like you. I'm not going to, like, I'm not saying you should go give your kidneys out to everyone you see. But it's this type of, like, in your like in your heart you love. Like, you don't want, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, sometimes, like, I guess, like, where I'm at work or anywhere around, I don't know. It's, it's hard to really explain. Mm -hmm. It's like you have this feeling you don't want to hurt people. Like, you don't have this in instinct in your mind to go, let's bully or let's pick on or let's destroy this person. No, you just want peace. You know what I mean? You just you want this overwhelming peace about people. You don't want wrong. I think that's that same love that God wants us to have towards one another. Yeah. Not this, like I said, you your kidneys out to people, but it's not like this, but it's not, don't think about so much about yourself. Like, oh, well, if I love this person, it's going to look bad on me. It's more so just, just love them. 
Yeah. Not, it's not a hard thing to do. And it's it's really easy to, it's a lot easier to love someone when you don't know the bad that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, actually, right as I just said that, there was um, this episode of um, the show Black Mirror <laughs> yeah. I saw recently, um, where um, this person was told, I'm not condoning the show, but this, <laughs> this person was essentially possessed by a demon, and uh, the demon would tell them bad things about what these other random strangers would do to convince this person who's now possessed to try to kill people, because that's, mm. that's, that's the enemy's plan, mm. um, to kill, steal, and destroy. And the person was a, a decent person, you know, just upright citizen, just going about their day. And the demon was like, kill this person. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, you're not going to believe what he had done. He did this to his daughter. He did that to his wife. He did this. And, and then she just became so enraged by hatred that she murdered. And that happened time and time again over the episode that this, this person was possessed by the demon, was possessed by those, there were true things that the demon was telling them, but she was overtaken by hatred. Imagine knowing those things about a person, but still loving them. And it's crazy. Imagine knowing the absolute worst thing that you have done, you personally have ever done, that you wouldn't want anyone to know about, that you don't even want to think about, that you've done yourself, to think that God, He knows them all. Maybe even more than you realize, more than you can even remember. God knows them all. And He still chooses to love. And He still chose to die on the cross for us. To say, I know what you did. I know everything that you did. I know that you're even going to reject me to some people. I'll still die for you because you're worth it, because I love you. It's just such an unfathomable type of love. It, it doesn't make sense. And that's, that's what agape is. That's, that's, that's God is love. That's the only way to personify. Well, what does that look like? The cross. That's what it looks like. That's agape. To be beaten, whipped, crown of thorns placed on your head, pierced, for no reason other than to take it off of you. Now Romans 12.9, here's a challenge. Somebody want to read that? Reading isn't a challenge. <laughs> Romans <laughs> chapter 12, verse 9, just one verse. Anybody want to take that? I'm just calling it. I got you back. You got it, bro. Yeah. Romans 12.9, you said? Yep. Let love be without. I hate King's Church. I see this. <laughs> Let love be without dissimulation. 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 You said it was going to be a challenge, man. <laughs> <laughs> abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. I think abhor means to purge. Okay. So we want to read in a different translation? I've got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> just, just to make it a little bit easier on. All right, on, NIV, on. verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Yeah, sincere. I really like NLT's translation of this. Somebody have NLT want to read it? Go for it. <clears throat> Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. I think it's it's just hits on the mark. I think they they all mean the same thing. While we're at it, can I read ESV? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. <laughs> I like it. But not out of pride. Not like, hey, let me right. do love better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that outdoing one another in honor and everything. I was sorry. I was because I've been reading a lot about marriage stuff, and that's actually like, like in a marriage. That's how it's supposed to be between a husband and wife. Like instead of like trying to be like, oh, Gary can't read. Something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go home, the husband should try to outdo honoring his her wife, and the wife should do the same with the husband. So when you both come in, you're not trying to at each other's neck. It's just how can I honor my significant other 
have more than they're gonna not like you said. Don't do it like. Hey, don't, I do love that. Don't, you. Right. don't do it as a competition. Exactly, but do it like as like, man, I really want to honor the person I'm with. And yeah, happen. that's why. Almost, I was, uh, the ESV kind of makes me think of uh, a scene from The Office when um, <laughs> Andy and Dwight were having a like gentleman's scholar like battle like trying to, let me hold the door for you no let me hold the door for you and they're just like please no i'm holding the door for you you come in first and then it's like they're just trying to outdo each other mm -hmm. but that that's kind of what made me think of from your from your translation of like outdo each other in love but or one up I guess don't I, just I, 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 pretend to love others i really like how, how it phrases don't just pretend to love others guess what because you might fool the person wow that person really cares about me you're only going to keep up your act for so long first off second of all you're not fooling God. God knows whether you're being genuine or not. He knows your heart. He knows it better than you know it. And to to do something out of out of show, out of let me just look like I'm really great. Let me <coughs> let me not just like donate to this person. Let me announce to the world, right? Jesus even warns of that. Like, don't be like the Pharisees who pray and do all their good deeds for everyone to see. Do them in private so that no one even don't even let your left hand know what your right hand did. That's what Jesus said. Like. Don't do good so that others can be like, wow, he's really good. Wow, he is such a godly person. She is such a godly woman. Like, don't do it for that reason. Do it because you love. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. That's the challenge. I always thought that was like one of the hardest things to try to do. Is because like, because I think in that same exact sermon, he tells us to also be the soul of the earth and the light of the world. Like, how do you be the light of the world at the same time? Don't do your... And I think it's like, we always talk about in here, like, it's all the matter of your heart. Don't just do it for to look good. But, like, you also still have to try to be that light of the world. Like, I think, like, joy has a big part to do with that, maybe. Like, be a joyful person. That's the light of the world. But then don't, like, go help everyone in life just to... Everyone can see who... Some people think the greatest evidence of God's presence or work is power. Some people think the greatest evidence of God's presence or work is popularity. Some think the greatest evidence of God's presence or work is passionate feelings. But the greatest evidence of God's presence and work is love. Where God is present and working, there will be love. So if you're trying to see essentially all that, that kind of quote boils down to is, if you're trying to see where God is at, don't look for power, don't look for popularity, don't look for passion, look for love. But like real love. Real love? It has to be real. <laughs> and that's outlined as Jackie was talking about in like First Corinthians. It kind of reminds me of when um, Elijah was, was fleeing and he heard God, not in the earthquake, not in this, not in that. You don't even look for it in power. You don't even look for it in this. It can be in anything. But if you look, if you find love, there's God. Because God is love. And not not the love that the world sees, but like actual, real, genuine passion and love. It only comes from Father God. Ephesians 3.18 says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Has anyone ever just been so overwhelmed? You don't have to raise a hand, but... Has anyone just been, has anyone ever experienced that? Of, of just being just in awe and just amazement of just how deep, how wide, how long, how high 
God's love is, where you're just kind of just taken back, just kind of like pause, maybe you break down, maybe you're just, I don't know, sometimes I, I get to a moment where I just, all I can say is just, God, you're so good. Can't even say anything else other than those, those few words, God, you're so good. So, I know I said it before, and like um, when we break into groups and stuff, but like when you count your blessings that you still have, grandparents. Grandparents is definitely a tough subject for me and for anyone else who's, you know, either lost one or two. But I would say um, when you hear that they're in the hospital, your first like fight or flight instinct is why? Or are you? Are they okay? Or what happened? And you're like immediately like, what do we need to do? So when my grandfather had a stroke, I was like, okay, this is this is like not, this is actually happening. And I'm gonna like literally question, how did this happen? And a lot of prayer was needed for sure. And we were all in that rough patch where we we're like, okay, we need to like, can we go see him? But we knew that not right away we could. But we were like, as soon as we were able to, that kind of put us all at ease. And then he made it through and was released. But it felt like all that leading up to it and in the middle just seemed like God needed to work through each step in order for him to come out of it. But it stinks nowadays that he's not the same person as he was before. And that's what scares me is that, you know, just because this happened to him, he won't be the same person again since he had it. So it's just something I'm working with, and I could dive into that later if you want to ask me or when we're in when the guys are in separate group, we can talk about that too. Pastor Shay? Sure. <clears throat> um, Yana found this quote about love. God's love does not depend on our initiative or our worthiness. We don't have to reach out to God or even believe in God to be loved. We don't have to clean up our act before God can love us. We don't have to measure up to some standard to be lovable. No, God showers love on us whether we deserve it or not. And honestly, who could ever deserve such amazing, immeasurable love? God showers love on us whether we deserve it or not. That doesn't mean blessings. That doesn't mean answered prayers. It can't be. But he showers us in love. And to me, a, a constant reminder, something that I do my best to live by, is to remind myself of something Yama told me at one of my low points. When something happened, I said, hey, praise God if this is the, the outcome. She said, no. Praise God if this is the outcome, or praise God if that's the outcome. Praise God either way. And that was one of those moments for me where there was a realization of God doesn't deserve my praise because I got my outcome, my desired outcome. God deserves my praise. Period. <laughs> whether this happens, whether that happens. If you're still alive and breathing, praise the Lord. And that's, that's really the only way you should be living by is you're alive, you're breathing, you woke up today, praise the Lord, because he's worth it. Yeah. Just, there's, there's a uh, former Ravens kicker, uh, long-time kicker, Matt Stover. He used to, uh, whenever he would kick a field goal, he would always point up afterwards, whether he made it or whether he missed. Now, he was a really good kicker, so he made it most of the time, but like he would still point up, mm -hmm. even when he missed. And you know, people were like, well, what are you doing? He's like, God gets my everything, not just my best. <laughs> like, oh, like not just my good, but, like, he gets everything. And uh, it, was, it was really cool because typically you see people say, like, you know, you, you do want to give God your best and everything like that, but, like, the truth is God gets everything. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's that kind of mentality. That's, that's that heart posture of praising God, this happens or that happens. 
whether you pass, whether you fail, whether you are found guilty or whether you're found innocent, you know, in a court of law here. Whether this happens or that happens, praise the Lord. Reminds me of the song, Praise You in the Storm. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, we've been coming back to casting crowns for the past like six months. Yeah, it seems like no matter any, any phrase you say, it comes back to casting crowns. Oh, the east is the west. That was, that was, yeah. So, my final question to you all, what does this do? What does this do for you? How does this change things? How do we leave here and be changed? Or how do we let God's love change us? How do we live differently? How do we let God's love affect how we live our day-to-day, -day, how we interact with others? I think this uh, puts us to be better brothers and sisters in Christ and that for people like myself who um, serve on a daily basis at church, I feel like it's fascinating to watch what God has put us on this world to do and continue to do and then literally looking at um, young kids and saying, oh, this is the next generation or this is the next group that is going to come behind us hopefully do great things. So I feel like it's fascinating, especially for me, to see people younger than myself who may not know it yet, but when they grow up to be us one day and they're like, oh, I got taught by X, 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 and X. And I learned this, 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 and this. So I just think that's fascinating and count myself lucky for that. Cool. I took away, love is hard. <laughs> it's not something that you... God wakes up and does it, you know, we have to actively love. And it's like, it's easier to avoid it. It's easier to hate somebody for being different. It's easier to focus on all the negatives and to believe the demons when they tell you, look at all the bad this person's doing. This is why they shouldn't deserve it. This is why they whatever. But it's, it's actively hard to love somebody. But the more you do it, the better you get. And it becomes easier and easier. But you never stop loving. 
Like you have to keep loving all the time. Um, and that's what it means to be, you, know, you gotta love when it's hard. You gotta love when it's easy. Mm-hmm. But like when you see someone that's doing a destructive path, you know, it says hate what is evil. It says that in there. So to love someone, sometimes you have to hate the evil about them. And you know, that's, picture any intervention. You're all sitting there like, we gotta talk about this, you know? But you're still loving them and that's really hard to do. And you were talking about losing grandparents. I've lost as many as you can. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's hard. But you just have to keep keep going because ultimately, the only way to get through it is to, is to let the love in, mm-hmm. and that, that heals it all. And it's like keep going, but yeah. it stays hard. Yeah, it is. It stays hard. It's it love is love is active. It's not something that just happens. Um, you know, God God chooses to love us. But God is love. He's an embodiment of what love is. And love is also something you said just sparked something. Like love is loving when it's easy. It's loving when it's hard. I'd say it's also that middle one where you could choose to just ignore. You could choose to, you know, I could show love to this person. I could I could hate this person. I could just ignore and neither hate them nor love them. <laughs> but I think love is that middle part too. Instead of just choosing to go, eh, it's not going to say anything. I'm neither hating them nor loving them. All of it. I think it's all. Because God can just choose to be like, oof, Ben's really struggling today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look at someone else. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, he's like, no, he, he shows up, right? He doesn't just choose to ignore us. He's not like, well, XYZ didn't even pray today, so I'm not, he didn't even ask for help, so I'm not even gonna help him. I'm not gonna hate him. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spite him. I'm not gonna throw lightning bolts at him or make his, you know, tire pop or you know what not that God does those things but it's not a matter of well let me just do this or let me just not do that it's let me love them and that's that's all encompassing of going out of your way just like Jesus went out of his way to go to Calvary take up the cross it's you could have just ignored it and been like I don't need to do that but anyway other thoughts can I share a couple of it? so as we've been, as we've been talking, the song has always been the that's the Lord comes into my mind. Love the song. I think everybody should have it's a chance. It's a great song. It is a great song. Um, to listen to it. But I just want to read the first, like, couple <coughs> of verses. Because I think it sets um, kind of what we've been talking about in a really good perspective in terms of his love for us. It says, you saw me first. You let me in when I was at my worst. The moment when I heard you say my name. Is the first time in so long I'm not afraid. You are the voice that calms the storm inside me. Castle walls that stand around me all this time. My guardian was you. You are the light that shines in every tunnel. There in the past, you'll be there tomorrow. All my life, your love was breaking through. It's always been you. My northern star, your love will be the compass of my heart. I just want to be right where you are. And you can, there's like, you know, future, maybe like one other verse or something that's in there. But I think that's just a really beautiful picture of the way that his love is is and has always been there for you. And no matter what is in your past, what's in your present, and what will be in your future, it will always be him. Because you were created, first and foremost, by him and for him. And so he didn't create you without the intention of a relationship on his part. And I think that's very beautiful about the way that he calls us to himself. Um, and if we let that truth like really penetrate and get in there, I think you'll see a lot more transformed people and a lot more loving people, um, myself included. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but Phil Wickham, phenomenal. Recommend all of it. To go off yours, like, with the love is hard and <laughs> all of that, I definitely agree. Um, just because I've never really got close to God or Jesus for, until, like, three years ago, but I've always known. Like, I would go to church, but I was kind of forced, but not forced. Like, my mom and I, we, we want to go, we wanted to go to church, but we never found a place we felt 
like welcomed in and I think that's what also kind of drove us away from God because I feel like because of the people in the church and like some of the things that happened in the church we were like well if that's how the people are then how is God? like I always saw like what well, if that's how God is then like if those people are like that mm-hmm. so like then when we went to Lighthouse and it was like a whole other thing I was like oh so like the loving hard thing I'm still learning because I always thought I knew what love was but I don't <laughs> At all, and like it's kind of scary. Like I find it scary sometimes. Like, I don't think I should, but I do, because like I mean, especially when you have a spouse, like that's a whole other person. You have to like share everything. Like you know, it's like a whole other person you love. You have to put energy into. You have to, you know, sac- like sacrificial love, and also like for me, like I want to make sure that God is first. But it's like always like, what if I someday don't put him first? But like not on purpose. Like you know, I. So it's, like, still trying to figure all that out, but, like, reading this and saying, like, um, what is the verse? There is no fear in love. I was, like, cool, thanks. (laughs) Love that. And I was, like, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I was, like, okay, thanks, Jesus. Thanks, God, for that. Um, Because I was always, like, saying, like, like, I was always, like, afraid of love because I'm, like, well, what, I always thought it was this way, but now it's not. Like, I always, like people are always like, you have to choose to love someone every day. I'm like, well, that sounds mean. Like, I mean, like, I feel like like when they say that, it's like you're forcing yourself to love someone. And I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like that's like, but I'm also like, oh, wait, no. Now I'm learning that love is not a feeling. It's an action. And, like, that, like those verses have helped me. Because I'm like, I always thought from, like, the movies and from, like, because I've never been around godly relationships. So like, a lot of my family, they're divorced. Like, every single person in my family has been divorced. Except for my grandparents. My grandparents are, like, the only people. So I've always only seen non-godly relationships or seen people who talk bad about their husbands, who talk bad about them. I'm like, I don't want that. So I always got nervous that that's what, how marriage is. Mm. Like, I always thought, oh, that's the norm. But I don't want to hate him. You know, like, I don't want to... I mean, in all seriousness, like, I don't yeah. want it to get yeah. to that point yeah. to where I go to people and we're just complaining about our husbands. Like, I don't think that's what love is. Like, it's <laughs> like, I feel like if that's how it is, then you shouldn't have gotten married. Like, I mean, that's just... But, like, seeing that and knowing, <laughs> knowing that love is an action and not a feeling, because I don't always feel love. And that makes me nervous, too, because I'm like, I thought you always had to feel it. to like, no. God tells us that it's an action, and like, yeah. as long as I love Him, it doesn't matter. So, like, that's really helpful. That's for good. Me. I like it. Well, I like it. Well, like it's really like helpful like for me. It sounds like you had some like, anxiety around it, but like, yes. what I can tell I, I'm a math teacher, so I teach kids a hard topic every day, and it stays hard. Next year comes in, it's hard again. Right? It's just hard. But they practice it. Do they enjoy practicing it all the time? No, but they do, and then they learn it. It's still hard. It's still math. But they know how to do it. Next year, new set of kids, it's still hard. It's still math. It's still love. Mm -hmm. But as you get better at it, as you practice it, which you will get better, it gets easier. And it it, it stays hard, but you're better at it. Yeah. So you you overcome that and you you just live a life of love. Yes. Always learn. Always learn. Multiplication. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to wear it. In in like five years, calculus. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, let me. let me wrap this up, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, Jesus says, like, others will know who his followers are by their love. No one knows by our love, right? And a lot of times, I mean, I, I've heard others say before, they felt more welcomed and loved at a bar than a church, which says a lot about Christians, that you, know, you go to a bar and you feel welcomed and loved there, but you go into a church and you feel rejected and, like, you don't belong here, like, Everyone belongs there. That's like a sick person walking into a hospital saying, Ew, you don't belong here. No, that's exactly where they're supposed to be. That Anyone who is walking in hurt, broken, heavy-hearted belongs at a church. Anyone who is breathing belongs in a church. Anyone who is breathing belongs. <laughs> yeah. Just in a church, they belong here exactly. on this earth. God put them on this earth for a reason. Yeah, It'd, it'd, be, it'd be such a different world if... If people love, and and people love the way that God tells us to love. I, and I think that's the key. Is anybody can love, but to love the way God loves. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
love God and love people. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm going to uh, pray and then I have one announcement and then we'll split real quick. God, we thank you for this evening. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for being in love. Thank you that you are love because of that and that you've chose to love us, that we can love you and we can love others. Thank you for never leaving me or forsaking me, even when I don't prioritize you and I do other things instead that you don't say, well, you didn't put me first, so I'm not going to put you first. That's never been the case and it never will be the case with you, God. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you for showing up. Um, thank you for not making, not letting me look like a fool, not for my own appearance, but for not wasting others' time here. Thank you for um, speaking through me and choosing to, to use me, flaws and all. Um, thank you for using uh, an imperfect person to speak your perfect word. And thank you for your mercy and your grace and for your love. Jesus, thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time in God's premises with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.